Yo, 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 what up, Countercurrents? This is Petey Steele. And Elena Torres, your co-host. And today we have a very, very special guest. Please tell the people who you are. What up? I'm trying to be like Petey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What up? <laughs> that was close. It's me, Deanne Smith. And she just finished her first headlining show of the night here at Draft House. She's yes. about to do her second. How did the first one go? The first one was really fun. It yeah. is the weekend of... The women's march so uh there was a lot of people out i don't yeah. know if that had anything to do with it but the it crowd was, was like yeah yeah smart and cool and fun yeah yeah i mean that must have been a contrast since you came to town for the march for life the day before right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh my god oh my god that i i had a run-in with that yesterday on the metro i got off at union station and there was so much of them and it was like it's the one time where I really couldn't control. I just wanted to yell "fuck you" to like a whole group of people, but yeah. I, I controlled myself. It was so. Yeah, I was texting her and angering. I was just saying how like I've been to my share of marches, a lot of good causes, but I don't know that I've ever emerged from a single one feeling pro-life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a hassle, you know. Yeah, it's true, actually. You think the more people at the march, the more crammed they are, the more they might start to think, we should control this. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Well, like, I, just, I just, I've been elbowed five times today. Maybe not. Everyone <laughs> needs to be here. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Maybe we should rethink this. <laughs> Every time I meet, like, a thousand people that I know nothing about and I hate, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so great. So the Women's March was here, and they were here in... DC Draft House enjoying your brand of comedy? I think so. Some of them at least. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they did laugh, right? Yeah. yeah. They, they were Oh, I don't mean some of them were enjoying it. I okay. mean, they were all enjoying that. Let's Fuck put yeah. that on the record. Right, Let's yeah, put yeah. that yeah. on this the podcast record. That's uh, right. No, I just mean, I think that there had to be some some stragglers from the march. I met some girls from Connecticut that said they, they'd gone to the march, and then they were just like, what should we do tonight? And they ended up here. So cool. Which is pretty exciting. Awesome. Yeah. So cool. I have totally, this is veering in a different direction, but this is something I want to ask you about because I feel like the the past like six months maybe, I've seen more and more comics who have had one joke go viral. But oh. I feel like you had a joke go viral a while ago that I saw a lot of people uploading. Oh, yeah. Which was the one about why do why are the women coming to you like men need to pick it up that joke yeah the the the, ba the basic premise is just that straight women are very easy to impress yes that's the one and that's i, I honestly one. don't remember it well because that was a couple years ago that it went crazy yeah and um i know it was a good joke and i had put it on a festival on mm -hmm. tv but a canadian festival i'm like no one's ever gonna see this mm. and uh they changed their whole model that year and put it out on the internet and i still kind of considered it like a work in progress. I knew really? it was a good joke. Yeah, but I, I wanted to do a lot more with it mm -hmm. and expand it out. Um, and then it went so crazy viral that I just dropped it out of the repertoire. I could I could maybe bring it back now, but for a minute, right. everybody that was coming to my show was like 70% of them knew that right. joke. So right. it was just silly to do. And that was interesting because it was the first time I really had to, something went that viral that right. I couldn't do it anymore. Right, yeah. Is that, I was going to ask you about that. Like, did you have to drop it? And people, I'm sure, I, I don't know what it's like, to have people come to your shows and be like, oh, that one joke. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. And um, don't ever tell it again, yeah, please. Exactly. We paid you know, good money. Yeah. yeah, they might like for me to tell it again. I actually don't know, but mm -hmm. I'm just the type of person that if I know people know it, right. or if there's enough of them that know it, I don't want to. I think it'd be good down do the road, like, and this actually coincides with the March for Life because I remember uh, back in 83, George Carlin first did the one about. Uh, 
You ever notice that most of these right to lifers are people you'd never want to fuck in the first place? <laughs> and then that became kind of a hit, and then he did it again five years later in a different special. Yeah, interesting. Because it, yeah, I mean, it was topical too, because it was about Reagan at the time and yeah, everything right. and his crew. But, you know, maybe down the road you can uh, resurrect that one. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's a premise that people really seem to enjoy. Yeah. yeah. I bet mean, you get a yeah. stand in O for it. Yeah. Like a throwback yeah. thing. Yeah. I mean, that's how clothing works, you know? It's, it's true, <laughs> that's it's true. true. You bring that's it back. All, that's how clothing works, you're you, right. You bring it back ten years ago. I gave a standing out to a fanny pack the other day. Hey. Like, there it is, the, the 90s. I mean, they're very practical. Yeah. You can't mess with that. So what is that about straight women being so easy to impress? Is that like a Stockholm Syndrome thing? What do you think? No, we are really easy to impress. Her oh. joke was that... We're really. To, well, I'll let you answer the question. No, you yeah. take it, please, because I barely remember it. No, 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 because you're. She's absolutely right. This is why I, I saw the joke, and I absolutely. I thought it was the funniest thing and truest thing, because we are really easy to impress, but straight men can't figure it out. So she has That's to true. sort of tank responsibility and be like, "All you got to do." I forget the exact yeah. wording of the joke. But. I, so do I. But the, it, it came from like a real life premise where I had. I was dating this girl, and she had only dated men before. And she kept, in the beginning of our relationship, just kept being like, this is amazing, oh my gosh, like, the way you treat me, or I've never experienced that. And in my mind, I was like, this is base level how you treat someone you're dating. Yeah, like, yeah. So the joke is just that men need to step it up, or lesbians are going to take their women. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. that's and my, my, true. my favorite line was, like, when women would applaud during that bit, I'd go, that's not me applauding, those are your girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Uh, stupid, yeah. but, but sadly very, very relatable. Yeah. Um, but tell us a little bit about your, your comedic journey. So you're from Canada. I'm from the U.S., actually. Oh, you are? Yeah, I grew up in upstate New York, but I live in Canada, oh, and okay. I started comedy there, and uh, that Netflix special, I'm in the Canadian section, so... People oh, think I'm of the world. Yeah, people yeah. think I'm Canadian, uh, which is fair enough, and I mm -hmm. appreciate that. Uh, when you say upstate, do you mean like West New York, like Buffalo type? Yeah, or? not okay. far, like around Syracuse or All Ithaca. Right. So that right basically is like Canada in a sense, right? It's close. It's yeah. pretty close. Yeah. Almost as cold. Yeah. Almost. They all drink yeah. Labatt, right? Yeah. yeah. PBR. What do, they, what do they drink? Genesee? Is that a Genesee, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And you live in Toronto? Yeah, I live in Toronto now. I started comedy in Montreal, which was pretty cool. Because do you guys know the festival Just for Laughs? Mm -hmm. We are familiar. Yeah, so that festival is um, is in Montreal every summer. So mm -hmm. even when I started, I got to um, you know see um, just like world class comedians coming That's into awesome. my city, and mm -hmm. it was really neat. Yeah. And how long have you been doing comedy now? I have been doing comedy since February 2006. So I got to start saying 13 years. Like, I've been saying like 10, 12 for a while. Right. And did you find, I have a theory, but I've been doing comedy a lot less than you, so I'm interested yeah. to hear what you say. Did you find, was there a certain year where comedically, not yeah. necessarily the world yeah, giving yeah. you accolades, comedically you felt that it really turned around for you? That you were like, oh, I'm, I can do this now. I had, like you were more confident on stage. That yeah. That you really found yourself, what year do you think around that was? I am not sure, but I do think that uh, probably somewhere between five and ten years. Mm -hmm. But I, but I do think that something happens to all comedians if you stick with it. That mm -hmm. there is kind of like the five-year comedian, mm -hmm. the ten-year yeah. comedian. Yeah. I do it in increments of five, like fifteen, yeah. twenty. Um, when I first started, when I saw people that were really good, I was always um, relieved to find out that they'd been doing it around ten years. Right. Because I was just like, you're right. amazing. And then the ones that I find are like truly untouchable and like 
incredible to watch is anyone that's been doing it more than like 20 years. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's some yeah. special couple of switches. Yeah. That happen. Yeah. Like whenever we see Tony Woods walk in or something, and I mean he's a genius too. But my God, you just know. It's anything insane. that happened yeah. tonight, he's just gonna knock off all the stardust that anyone else has thrown on the stage yeah. beforehand. Yeah. Clean house and just fucking make it his vibe and the end. Right. Yeah. And they, and they make it look effortless too. Yeah, right? that's yeah. the thing. It's like they I make saw... me want to quit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, they, they, they should make you want to hang in there because that's yeah. the thing. Like it's it's a, I think at some point it's just a question of the time that you've put in, the time and energy that you've right. put in. The tenacity. Did you ever think about quitting or anything? No. No. Good. <laughs> I'm like, I'm thinking about it now. Have I? I mean, I think there were times, like, in the past few years, like, three, four, four years ago now, my mom died. Oh, and, wow. And that was, yeah, that was a really hard to keep doing comedy. Like, I, comedy is the, my main source of income my only source of income so mm-hmm. to have to like show up to the job every day and that kind of deep grief was really really difficult and in that moment maybe I didn't want to quit but I was like okay I could kind of see both sides to the coin and like right. this is what this career means is that you really you have to be present and available on stage yeah. and you have to do that sometimes when in your life that's very difficult to do in yes. general um because that happened, and then I went... I didn't know anything about... Uh, I had never experienced that big of a loss before. I didn't mm-hmm. know how I was personally with it. And then I, I traveled to Australia almost every year and do the festivals there. So just a few weeks later, I was doing, like, one-hour shows every night with no nights off. And it was absolutely <laughs> brutal. So I think after that experience, I was like, oh, geez, I need a break. Yeah. Um, right. But now I'm kind of prepared for that sort of thing to happen again. And right. just know that, like, life's going to throw you curveballs. And... Maybe you need to step back for a second, or mm-hmm. there's not. You're not always going to be capable of like bringing the party to right. a room full of strangers. Sure. Right. Um, but in terms of like just loving stand up and loving the journey, I think I just got into it and could not look away. Right. It's very addicting. Yeah. Do you, did you find that after all that happened, do you think that you're a better comedian for all that though? That because you were sitting there, or do you just look at it as just trauma? Yeah. No, I, oof, am I a better, I'm, I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm a better comedian now than I was four years ago, again, right. just through time. Right. Uh, I probably did learn some things about like com, com, compartmentalizing right. feelings or just like, boom, putting everything to the side right. and then just getting on stage. Because you know what, as I said, it was brutal, but it was a mix of things. At the same time, it was also like that hour of the day every day was also where I could be free and experience joy. Like I, I totally. had to bring the party to people. But after I got into it, then it was feeding me as well, and it was like a nice totally. break from the rest of reality. Yeah. Isn't that crazy sometimes? I mean, not that I went through anything like a death that was that comparable or anything, but like, you know, you're in a different place. You try to compartmentalize. You get on that stage, and once you start going, it's like you're riding a wave yeah. or something, you know? Mm-hmm. You're surfing. Yeah. Albeit on an ironing board, but... <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. it still yeah. fucking happens, you know? Have you guys ever had to perform sick or under the weather? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Do you find... Because I have always found that when I'm on stage, I don't feel it at all. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that yeah. so weird? That's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I threw my back out last weekend and performed all week. And in the, you know, 10 minutes I was on stage, my back would stop. I forget about it. That's so crazy. Well, no, and I feel you... that way at work. Because I have been a proponent probably for too long of mental health days. Yeah. And, uh, you know, 
truth be told, if I'm truly, like, virally sick or whatever, where I can't move, that's one thing. But most of my mental health days are bullshit. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I would never call out a show because of, like, the flu or something like that. Yeah. Fuck no. Unless I was contagious. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely know what you mean, though, when you say that it's hard to be present. Because there's definitely also sets that I've done mm-hmm. where you're sitting there and you're saying stuff, but your head is just not there and you have to like talk to as you're saying your jokes you have to like have a conversation with yourself and your brain and be like hey you're doing stand-up come back here yeah isn't that incredible it's Mm -hmm. so weird that blew my mind too when i realized because i think you don't you wouldn't get to that place immediately when you're doing stand-up like when you're very new you're probably like oh god what am i doing i remember my jokes you know if (laughs) you're not in your head you're still thinking about stand-up but totally doesn't it blow your mind that sometimes you can be on stage and be like oh so after the show maybe i'll get a piece of pizza yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, yeah. come back yeah. yeah yeah you're like did i wash the dishes today <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 i mean that's i would say that that's not ideal no no, no i definitely by the way but i definitely happens. have worse sets when i do that yeah, that, yeah. that's not it's not a good thing to do but yeah. i get what you're saying when you say that you weren't necessarily present yeah so on that, so you know, you said so on that because my theory with the like where I really see comics just have sort of like a switch is somewhere in that four to six year mark. Yeah, I see like comedically people have a switch. But did you what year in your career did you really find, or since you started doing comedy, did you finally see the world being like, oh, you're fu- yeah, you're funny here, you can do this full time professionally. Oh, I started doing full <laughs> full time professionally pretty early, mm-hmm. uh, and that's. Uh, th- not necessarily a testament to my skill, but a testament to how willing I am to live below or near the poverty line. Gotcha. Um, so, like, two years in, I was just doing it, mm-hmm. um, and that's all I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I was traveling to Australia and doing hours over there and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm i the type of person that, I think, I think like many of us, I'm saying it's like, I'm unique. But uh, I struggle with self-esteem and self-confidence mm-hmm. and all of that, so I feel like I always knew, from when I started comedy, I knew I wasn't going to stop. I knew this is what I'm gonna do. I knew I was good on a level. Like mm-hmm. I'd see other comedy and go, oh, why, why are they getting so much stuff? Or why are they getting all the laughs? I don't mm-hmm. even like that kind. I'm gonna do my own thing. Like I had this little yeah, yeah. spark and rebelliousness. Um, but I don't think until maybe about ten years, like just a few years ago, mm-hmm. I really started to feel more confident and more determined. Mm-hmm. And maybe even that kind of. I don't think I'm fully there yet, and I don't think anybody ever really, really is. Mm-hmm. But. Um, I think I started to feel that riding that fine line between obviously you really care that everybody has a good time mm-hmm. uh, and you're there to do your job and you're there to be professional but you also kind of have to not care uh, you can't really get your ego involved what? you can't yeah. take anything personally you got to yeah. do what you do and hopefully they like it so it's always that that fine line I think of like really caring and really not caring mm-hmm. and I think that makes for yeah. The best shows are... Totally. totally. I've had to not care for a long time because my material's somewhat problematic. <laughs> yes. His material is somewhat problematic. It's great, but yeah. it's it can be somewhat problematic. I just commit, Tell me a know? quick problematic joke because I don't know your material. Oh, my God. Well, it, I don't think any of them are quick. They're all medium to long form. Okay. But I could just say the topic matter ranges from, like, mass shootings to, like, okay. you know, terrible relationships to, uh, of a sexual variety or so yeah. uh, to I mean I do a lot of work um, in the field of like mental health okay so I've so people are like kind of like yikes just at the yeah. premise yeah. but see to me I find that premises like that that 
you know, push the envelope are actually like the ideal starting point for yeah. like a great joke. It's going to be hard to, you know, negotiate those rapids, but once you do, man, like, yeah. you're going to fucking pay off. Yeah, it's like risk and reward. And yeah. also, like, the amount, the more tension there is, the more tension there is to be released. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. As opposed to, like, yeah. hey, everybody. Yeah. 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 Yeah, when people are at the edge of their seats and then you hit right. them with something, yeah. it's. Exactly. But it's all about being done tastefully, which you which you do very well. Yeah, yeah, most would say that. <laughs> yeah, I keep getting booked. Yeah, but, you know, you gotta break some omelets to make some eggs. Sometimes. Right, right. <laughs> I think it goes the other way. You gotta break yeah. eggs to make. Oh omelets. no, no, I do that purposefully. Why? Yeah. What's that one? Oh, it's just sort of like we take the <laughs> abstract, acceptable structure and just knock a couple yes, fucking pieces yes. off. Your way is better. Why did I chime in and be a smartass? <laughs> Strike that from the record. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, speaking of smartass, did you just say you were writing an hour two years in? Yes, and I like luckily Whoa. barely pulled it off. That was a it was a weird thing to do, and I don't even think I understood the stakes of it, but. Um, I had an Australian girlfriend at the time, mm-hmm. and there's an incredible scene in Australia. Uh, there's a Melbourne International Comedy Festival, and everybody over there is doing an hour, and it's really cool. And she said we should go over there, so I went over there with like a cobbled together like 50 minutes, you know, really uh-huh. trying my best. And thank God I pulled it off because uh, I got like kind of seen and recognized. I got into the community over there, mm-hmm. and only in retrospect did I realize that if I had gone over there and just bombed or sucked really bad. Right. It would have been, like, probably a few years before anybody, at least over there, took a look at me again or... Right. Like, but luckily wow. I, I snuck in and, and, like, got to be a part of the kind of system and all the comedians over there. That's incredible, because so as you were saying that, I was like, shit, I need to get a plane ticket for Brisbane. I know, I yeah, know. yeah. Fucking yeah. A, if they're giving hours out of two years or yeah. something, like... They really give well, you that much time, or what? what did well, you do everybody to earn does their that? own. You just do your own show, so uh, kind of like Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Yeah, style. exactly. Like gotcha. that. Like most people who go there then go on and do their show in Edinburgh, or people from the UK have done the show in Edinburgh, and then they bring it to Melbourne and Sydney and all of that. Oh, wow. um, and I think you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, I think that gave me a lot of confidence early on too. Yeah. Because I've always done like a kind of feminist style of comedy like different from what I was seeing in the comedy clubs at the time mm-hmm. you know in 2006 mm-hmm. in Montreal and um you know when people come out for like a generic comedy at at the comedy club with mm-hmm. comedians mm-hmm. And, uh, it wasn't always resonating I wasn't always resonating they weren't ready for me but when I was in Australia and I'm selling tickets that had my name on them Deanne Smith mm-hmm. I think it just made me feel like hopefully you guys like this mm-hmm. but if you don't don't ever buy a ticket that says Deanne Smith on it again. Right. Go see somebody else. Like, mm. I think knowing that the ticket was just my name mm-hmm. made me feel like I could develop my own style and do my own thing. Mm-hmm. And didn't have to worry so much about well, just being, like, generic comedy right. for random people that came out. That's right. right. Yeah. That's right. That's super interesting. That was going to be my next question was, like, in 2006 doing feminist comedy... No, the people weren't really doing it. Yeah, yeah, and not what, in Montreal, even with all those strip clubs and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but did you get a lot of like? Did you did you bomb a lot? Like, was there a lot of pushback from audience at that I, point, or was it like, whoa, we need this? I love it. Or did you know what? There was a little bit that? of yeah. There, I'd say there was like a little bit of pushback, and then like every once in a while, the whoa, we need this. But those people weren't at comedy clubs. Yeah, you know I mean that was like at universities or at open mic nights or something. Then I'd find the people. 
that resonated with my style of comedy, but right. those people weren't necessarily in the club. So when I did stuff in the clubs, um, and I still do this to a degree with mm-hmm. any like little message that I'm trying to get out there or something, but I try to like couch it with more relatable, palatable sort of thing. Like one right. of my earliest jokes, I don't know if I can even remember this right now, but I'll try. It was something about, you know, a friend of mine said, I believe in women's rights, but I'm not a feminazi. I was like, feminazi, that is so offensive. That's mm. so offensive to feminists, so offensive to Nazis. I mean, those are very different <laughs> yeah. ideologies. And then I would break it down a little bit. And then I remember the punchline of that was something like Heil Klittler. I mean, it was dumb. Wow. <laughs> it was dumb. Wow. But it kind of was yeah. like in that line where I could say I was a feminist on stage and talk about what that meant a little bit. Mm-hmm. But... I don't know. I don't know why that worked, but that one always worked, uh, mm-hmm. and people didn't didn't seem to mind. Now, unfortunately, I, I don't think I'd do it now anyway. But also, Nazism is like on our radar in a new, horrible yeah. way now. So it's mm-hmm. it's not like lighthearted, or you're just kind of bringing up something that feels like right. an offensive word that we don't have like true experience with. Right. So I think I could never do that joke right yeah. now. I doubt yeah. Seinfeld could ever do a soup Nazi reboot. Right, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's probably right. You know, I've actually seen articles about that, how, like, oh, we need to stop using Nazis as, like, a thing to just describe someone anal retentive. Yeah. You know, and I get it, but I'm kind of like, but I guess so, you know. Yeah. They are, they have optical visibility, whatever. You know what I just remembered? This is probably a better illustration of this point. I'm selling t-shirts this weekend that I've been, like, selling for a few years now, and I do this joke, but this is literally one of the earliest jokes I wrote. Uh, when I started and it didn't make sense to people people weren't ready for it or or it wasn't like enough on the consciousness or whatever and um so I had to drop it because no one ever got it and I just Mm -hmm. looked crazy so the the joke is like how I saw a t-shirt that said rock out with your cock out Mm -hmm. and I go on about that for a minute and then Mm -hmm. I go but you know the shirt should say rock out with your cock in your pants until the time is right the mood is appropriate and you've been given an explicit verbal invitation (laughs) to take that cock out yeah and um so I actually have t-shirts that are printed up like that and people are like into them now um but at the time I remember I wrote that joke and there's there's a little bit more to it but people just were like well whatever or like what are you even talking about because we really well 12 years ago as a society we weren't talking about consent we weren't talking about any of this stuff yeah yeah so sad so that's been like maybe one of the most interesting things to me having done comedy for over 10 years now right just watching the cultural conversation shift right Mm -hmm. uh it's crazy yeah it is and you can see how like stodgy old headliners get stuck you know, with their old Monica Lewinsky reference right. or whatever, that if you right. don't update your material, time passes you by. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And even, and it's hard sometimes when you write, like, a joke that you know is only going to be good for, like, a couple yeah. of months even, and you're like, oh, I love this, this is working great, and then you try to, there have been ones where I've tried to extend and people don't. Yeah, the worst people... is where you have to be like, remember when? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember when this happened? Yeah, like I had I had a slew of Melania jokes that I was doing for a while, and people just don't want to hear about yeah. any of it anymore. Yeah, so. I think that's a thing with the Trump administration, is that there's so much fucked up stuff on a daily basis that everything's passe within 24 hours. It's crazy. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. really glom around. You have to yeah. have like an abstract, long joke mm-hmm. yeah. with a real hard... Like that John Mulaney uh, horse in the hospital joke. That's a great Trump joke. And that's... Exactly. He can use that. Well, now it's in a special, so he can never use it again. But theoretically, that's (laughs) one that could work. 
for a long period. But other than that, like using specific events, like you, they, it just doesn't last. And most of the time, I feel like because there's so much stuff, people are like, oh, like you. Even if you say Trump yeah. on stage, I feel like you can just see shoulders just drop. Yeah, yeah. We didn't come to see fucking Chris Matthews. Yeah. Who's Chris Matthews? Oh, uh, the anchor of Hardball on MSN. Oh, yeah. yes, of course. I was yeah. like, is this a comedian that's a pal of yours? No, no. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Could just as easily be. There are a preponderance of white males around here. I mean, Chris yeah. Matthews. That's a pretty generic name. It is. It's true. So when you when you started, and you're talking about this pushback, did bookers give you a hard time here? for doing feminist comedy? I mean, this is to me is the craziest story, and I, I've told it a couple times, but it was 2006 in Montreal. Mm-hmm. Gay marriage had been legal in Canada for more than a year, or, or about a year. It was legal mm-hmm. in, in 2005. And I had a manager at one of the clubs tell me, don't come out on stage. Uh, like, the crowd doesn't want to hear it, or whatever. And uh, he said that to me, and I was so in awe. And that that night I and I use, I always come out on stage, um, but that night I switched my set around so that my first joke was coming out on stage instead of like putting it a little bit nice. later because it was just like fuck you yeah, what are yeah. you talking about yeah. we're in Canada in 2006 yeah um, so I just did that that was my answer to that mm-hmm. and then he never said anything else to me about it again mm-hmm. but I don't know it, I think a lot has changed even in the last little while so yeah. And I'm sure, listen, I don't know all the opportunities I missed or what didn't right, happen. Right. Yeah, they right, often yeah. are pretty mum about that. Yeah. They're yes, not going to give you the, yeah. like, you know, armchair psychologist, like, you know, if you hadn't right. done that thing about coming out or yeah. whatever, I could pay you again. Yeah. But, yeah, I feel like, like that one, I mean, you've had to have had some stories doing that at a time, but it feels like crazy 2006. Yeah. But actually, you know, still times of feminism. Yeah, yeah. When I've been told by certain bookers, like, hey, I don't like that particular thing or this is too offensive or whatever I have they're like come back and don't do that again but then I'll do it and it'll work and then they'll say alright fine <laughs> I yeah, think yeah. the bottom line speaks loudest at yeah. the end of the yeah. day that's exactly it yeah thank you. I mean I've had bookers tell me to dress differently because sometimes I'll dress like <laughs> or you know like too feminine or whatever and I've had bookers tell me that I should just dress differently because that would be like well even the girls are the girls are gonna hate you I've had bookers tell me girls are gonna hate you for what if you if I wear clothes that are if she too like revealing. looks too good if too I look, attractive yeah. Wow. yeah yeah and I, I like think that's a real thing I mean not that the girls hate you but that people think this yeah and I've I've often thought because I'm luckily lucky enough to like be I feel like my presence on stage is like, oh, I'm dressed like a little elf. This is like <laughs> asexual, don't worry about it. Like absolutely not threatening to anyone. And I always have thought about it. it's really difficult for straight women to dress for the stage. Yeah, it's a very, like, it's a very yeah. fine. I've like worked. It's a very fine line with like how much you show and like all skirts and dresses work worse than pants. Like it's like very yeah. specific. No matter what you're showing, it's like very specific things and there's a little bit it always works jokes always work better when there's a little bit of masculinity or hardness to the way I dress yeah so I find like doing more of like a rock starry kind of look yeah like a little bit like a lot of black or like yeah. a boot that's hard I, mean, I gotta yeah. say like, though for men like I think they let them get away with murder in terms of, of oh fucking my God. appearance yeah. of course 
like I usually I'm not really doing like a nice paid thing tonight so I have this stupid beard rocking right now but normally you know I go to a barber and make sure my shit is crisp like clean you know yeah. and I tell comics that like you shouldn't look like a fucking slob and be up there yeah. like you're not supposed to look like the fans that's the thing that's crazy <laughs> yeah, when men get on stage sometimes or like not yeah maybe not at a certain level but yeah, so you see yeah. people around the mics and stuff. You're yeah. like, what are you thinking? People have to yeah. look at you. Yeah, exactly. Like, you're going to have a light on that. Yeah, like, yeah. Some people on yeah. dates, you know, they got food at the fucking yeah, table. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, they want to digest the shit. Yeah. <laughs> Brush your teeth. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we might have to leave it there, you guys. I feel like yeah. the, the I, I next show's starting. And the next like, show's so starting. Just a couple real brief announcements. So this week at the DC Draft House, we have Andrew Santino first on... Thursday at 8.15. Uh, he will also be at the Arlington Draft House in a kind of switch-up presto change-o Friday and Saturday nights. Uh, shows at 7 and 9. You can hit us up at the Counter Currents a podcast and page on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for a chance to win free tickets. Um, also, DC legend, good friend of mine, Paris Sachet, will be here uh, this coming week at the DC Draft House, Friday and Saturday at 7 and 9. You can also hit us up and we'll give out a few free sets of tickets if you get the lucky number. So uh, we want to thank Dean Smith for taking some time. To yeah, be with thank us you today. so much it's for hanging great. out with us. I didn't realize how much I wanted to just talk about comedy until I was into it with you guys. It's yeah. cool. It's fun awesome. to talk about. It is. Yeah. Thank you. Have a kick ass show and we'll see you next year. Yeah. Thank you. All and right. Brush your teeth. Yeah, brush your <laughs> teeth. <laughs>